live in the group. Good. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to start the podcast. We'll get rolling. All right. So this is Blacktop Banter. And I got my main man, Brian, here. We're going to check this thing out and really kind of dive into what um, I, I can't say. Um, you got to remember, Brian, I can't say. Um. We're going to dive into what we should or shouldn't do and how we should act, I believe, uh, with our businesses here. So I'm going to just let Brian introduce himself real quick. And then uh, we're going to jump into some topics. I picked out an article today that had 21 business survival strategy kind of things. And um, I picked out 10 of them that kind of apply to the, could apply to the asphalt industry. And that's what it is, is 21 business survival strategies. I picked out 10. We're going to try to cover those while we're here. So Brian, you go ahead, man, introduce yourself. Awesome, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. First of all, Marvin, uh, happy to do this and, and uh, hopefully everybody gets some value out of this. So for those of you who don't know me, uh, Brian Hess. So I am the founder of Top Contractor School, CEO and president of uh, the Pavement Group. And uh, we're a asphalt maintenance and concrete uh, provider nationwide. Um, and uh, just enjoy being part of the asphalt maintenance industry. I've enjoyed uh, watching this dude's journey along the way here and uh, really, really enjoy what he's doing and bringing to our industry. So, man, I truly and genuinely appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to be on here with you and uh, hopefully bring some value to people in our industry. Cool, man. Appreciate it. So, you and I had a conversation, uh, I don't know if it was last night or the night before or whenever, and we were kind of talking about, you know, the, the way people are acting and what's been going on in the media. And, you know, some people may believe that the media is, is playing this crazily and causing the hysteria. And then other people are following along. Once the president kind of spoke about it, they're like, well, maybe this, this is real. This is that um, kind of thing. But I think one thing you and I kind of talked about, and I think most people will agree about, is business as usual. And that's very important for us as, as companies like mine that are small companies and companies not only that, um, that you deal with and you know, that, that take your advice and take you there as well to teach them whether it's sales or, or anything like that, you know, larger companies. I think the full spectrum, we're gonna try to hit both of those. And I think touching on some of these things right away as we get started without talking so much about what's going on, the virus and everything else, more or less about weathering the storm. Uh, that's the, that's kind of the game plan. And uh, this is free, obviously, to everybody that's watching. It's going to be on the podcast uh, and it'll just be a special thing there. There's no sponsors or none of that. It's just, I had 57 messages from small contractors saying, how do you weather this kind of storm? Because a lot of those guys know that I weathered through the recession when that went down. And this is kind of has an eerily kind of same feel to that for me. So let's just start right away. And we're going to go to figuring out, well, maybe one of the very first things. And I don't want to say we're there. We're not even there yet into the the thresholds of these businesses falling apart or doing whatever they are. But one of the things we kind of want to touch on is if we are going to run into a wall or if we are going to run into some stuff is reinventing your business. And I don't mean the entire business, but maybe just your business model, maybe or, or, or the services that you are there for. So that's kind of one thing that, that we did. We took on striping and we had never done striping before. We always subbed it out, but 
during some of those times, I think I have a feeling I should have probably striped myself now that I know how easy it was for me to do it. And that would have created a little bit extra income and maybe kept some of us afloat or gained some ground. So reinventing your business, that was number one. So what do you got to say on that, my man? You know, I think, um, you know, the number one thing is, is uh, just looking at things and taking what's there is the number one thing that I try to focus on, right? And, and you touched on it there. It's like, you know, you're already dealing with all of these customers, right? So you've got a base of customers, whether those are residential customers, commercial customers, or a mix of both. And, you know, those customers need additional services. So if they need concrete work done at their homes or, uh, maybe additional services, like you were saying, to start offering crack sealing in addition to seal coating if you don't currently today, um, or as a large contractor, just expanding, uh, you know, the services that you're able to offer or that you're willing to offer. You got to, in these kind of times, thinking outside the box is really, uh, it's a critical piece of those companies that that have it a little bit easier during those these times, right? Where they're they're willing to adapt to overcome. Right. And uh, I think it's critical, man. I think, you know, looking at the first thing that I try to look at in our company is how do I take the existing customers that I have and get the most out of those? Uh, And then, you know, where do I need to start fishing? And in these types of times, man, a lot of people are going to look at, you know, if if this lasts any length of time, which, again, like you said, we don't even know uh, what's going to happen. But if it lasts any length of time people are going to start looking at uh, maintenance solutions instead of uh, maybe repaving. Right. And so uh, don't look at that as a negative, look at, look at that as an opportunity and create that shift, start creating messaging and marketing in your business around um, that very idea of, you know, delivering that message, giving people the idea that might be thinking right now, man, I'd like to repave my parking lot or my driveway give them that alternative of, hey, you know, if, if this is going on, maybe the right solution for you is to uh, seal coat, crack seal, whatever the case is. And, and if, if, if you don't offer that service, if you're a paving company that doesn't offer that service anymore, and maybe you used to or you never did, maybe it's time to take that on a little bit and get, give you that facet as far as reinventing your business. You know, um, we have a company that got a hold of me and it was one that we were going to service and they just said, you know, we kind of want to pump the brakes here and see what's going to happen. We're, you know, we know we got a contract and we do want to do it, but we need to wait right now just to kind of see because their income is based on everything being sane and people, you know, patronizing their business. So it, it, for us, it is having a little bit of an impact. And I think it's just something that we need to address that way. And I want to keep bumping through these because I have a feeling with you and I and our conversations, we're going to cross some of these things as we get going. So the second one, and this is of course my favorite one is get involved in social media more. That's one of the other strategies is if you haven't been in that field, or even if you minutely do it a little bit, if your competitors or people that are in your field around you aren't willing to do that, but yet you are. And I've seen some great guys online post, COVID-19 specials and stuff like that, you know, and make it, make, make it so that they still want to work and they want people to know they want to work. So get involved in social media more. I, I have a feeling that maybe some of the companies you work with, Brian, and you consult with don't really get into social media like some of the smaller contractors like I do because we want to have a personal relationship with our customers a lot. That way they feel like they 
know where we live and what we do and they trust us. What would you recommend with bigger companies getting into social media more? Yeah, and I'll be honest, man, when, when we started the pavement group, it was something that uh, we went back and forth on because, you know, we, we made an investment into getting um, training on social media, like how do you actually do this? Um, and, and the guy, I actually just had the guy that we started with uh, on my show the other day. And he, you know, when I started, he was like, man, this is going to blow your business up. And I told him on the show, like, I, I did kind of feel like he was maybe full of shit a little bit because, <laughs> you know, you know, obviously you're paying somebody to train you. They're going to tell you all of these things. But as we got started, you know, it, it's, it cascades to every single uh, type of client is what I would tell you. You know, we've got, we've gotten a lot of business off of social media and it's not just you know, the people you would expect. I mean, we've landed, um, you know, very large clients off of social media where the, the facility managers have either uh, sent me a direct message on LinkedIn. I have one that sent me one on Instagram uh, and other people, you know, reach out to us based on the things that we do on social media, just kind of being present. You know, the one thing that I always train in sales is like people that don't know you cannot buy from you. It's, right. it's that simple, right? And so, Social media is one of those things where you have the ability to stay in front of people. Just like you're saying, you know, we're, you know, we're going to put out some content this week. That's just normal run of the mill stuff. Like we normally would who we're bringing on as customers, what we've got going on, because I want, I want to create that environment where people feel, uh, you know, people feel normal. Like this is, you know, just everyday stuff. And so I think that um, people way underestimate the power of social media. And for those people that feel like, they want that personal relationship. Don't just connect with your customers on your business page, do it on your personal page and, yeah. and bring, bring it into that personal relationship because, you know, I call it digital duplication, right? It's like taking who you are as a person and digitally duplicating yourself online, not just for your company, but uh, you as a, what they call in today's world, a personal brand as well. And it really helps you. It helps you connect with people on a deeper level. If I know, about your children, Marvin, and I know where you live and I know your story on a personal level, I'm a lot more likely to give you business over someone else that I don't because yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's an instant level of trust there um, from what they call in today's world so, social proof. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's, you know, I've been harping on that for and actually taught about that for, for a while now. And I know that that's going to be a difference maker. So for us, our business, it definitely has been. Every, I, you know, everyone knows me where we live and around here and what we do. So those seven touches that we often talk about in business that you want, whether it's a billboard or an ad or whatever, um, you know, if you do that on social media pretty regularly, those seven touches add up real quick and they're out of the way so that everyone knows. Yeah, and I, I would add there real quick, man, is like the outbound, like actually having real conversations with people on social. It's not just being there and, and putting stuff out, but it's actually inter interacting like truly talking to people just like you would in person or on the street you know so um, as people are trying to get you know in, in these times we may be in a position where you know that free marketing becomes really really important you know and, and being able to get that out there is uh is huge yeah yeah and if, if you're doing it for free and someone else isn't you're already in front of them man so let's go to the third one i like this one because I did this this year, um, just kind of gearing up for the season, but it's contact former customers. So there, we've had some customers that we had and either they moved away or 
moved out of our realm or we we kind of retracted from that service area as we got more dense and i think contacting former customers is a great tact in order to kind of weather the storm as you as you as your business deals with whatever is going on here so maybe you'll get a lead from it maybe you won't maybe they'll say we were wondering why you never called us back or we lost your contact info or whatever and maybe that creates more jobs for us to help weather the storm and for us, small scale, that's easy. That's like a welcome, you know, piece of manna from heaven when all of a sudden former customer wants you to come back and, and do something for them. So what would you recommend, I guess, Brian, for, for larger companies, you know, paving companies? I, I say smaller for myself. We're in the hundreds of thousand dollars range. I'm talking companies that are a million better, more, you know, larger. What would they do as far as former customers goes? That kind of same route, you think? Yeah, I think it's it's literally a lot of this stuff that is very, very similar. Um, you know, I would say that we we do it on a bunch of different angles. So, you know, if you're dealing with, um, you know, maybe homeowners that could or could, I don't know, they could be more difficult to get a hold of for all I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't deal in that realm. But like in our world, uh, some of these customers are really busy and they have a lot on their plate. So, um, we use a lot of different approaches to, to create that follow-up. So like, you know, email, if you've got their cell phone number, I use uh, selfie video. You've received them from me. I've received yeah. them from you. But, yeah. you know, using that as a method to create a different emotional connection with your customers, right? Where, you know, it's not just you leaving them a voicemail or something like that. Um, we write cards to people like, hey, you know, it's been a while, just wanted to reach out to you. Um, I've got a stack of them right in my desk here and I write them every single week on Saturday mornings to, you know, uh, customers who have bought from us. Maybe in this case, it would be customers that haven't bought from you for a while, but just, you know, just reconnecting. And, and I think uh, that is one of the most powerful things I've learned over the years is having scheduled reconnection. And, and what you're saying is maybe we're going to places where we haven't been for a reason, but in, the, in these times, we might want to reignite that flame a little bit. And uh, I, I see nothing wrong with taking every single approach that you can from emails to phone calls, to text messages, to selfie videos, to handwritten, you know, letters or cards or whatever. Okay. Uh, but, but creating a personal connection there in any way that you can, just letting people know that you're thinking about them. So this is this one that kind of leads into what is the fourth one that I have on the list and that's call former prospects. So we keep track of every job we've estimated in the probably the last five years, I, I didn't do such a good job before that. But as I got growing as a businessman, I realized, hey, this could be a pretty decent nugget of information you want to hang on to. So for me, uh, we have that, but I haven't dug into that yet with our current workload. But depending on whatever the storm is coming, or if it does come, or if it passes or whatever. And I, I mean, we we're saying it for this storm, but man, it could be anything it could be recession could be whatever. And this is good business practice, maybe anyways, for growth. But call former prospects that's that's the fourth one so you know we have ones that we estimated before i'm going to go back through those if we're slim on work and call them back up and say how could we have done it different what was the product you know the problem maybe it was that i bid too high and they didn't get it done and we're willing to take it at a little bit less now so we can get the dang work and we'll do 10 of those rather than worrying about doing eight jobs to make up for it. we'll do those 10 and you know, balance that out. I, 
if you're hungry, man, there's, there's not, you, if you're going to eat, if somebody throws you a bone, that's, that's all there is to it. So call former prospects. That's mine. What do you, you want to say on that one, man? Yeah, I would say, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head as far as, uh, you know, how that goes. And, and I would say also, man, like if I look back, you know, where, where you are as a company, you know, those years ago when you've talked to somebody versus where you are now, it's a, it's a completely new at that, right? So you have oh, yeah, we a are completely sure. new opportunity, you know, maybe they've been following along, even though you didn't get the work. Maybe if you are on social media, they've been following along, they have a little bit more uh, trust and maybe Ben, they made a decision to go with somebody else before and maybe that didn't work out, you yeah. know, that, that well. So you know, I think that all of these things, you know, it all comes back to everything we're talking about comes back to its activity, right? And so if we summarize that and say, you know, we're talking about how we should behave during the hysteria, uh, the number one thing that we're going to continue to say here is you got to be active, man. You got to act like, you know, this is a normal week. You know, we got kids off of school, we got stuff closed down, and it's easy to take your foot off the gas. It's easy to say like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. As I said the other night on our call, like there were a couple contractors that said like, man, I feel bad even calling people right now. And I was like, bro, that is the wrong answer. Like yeah. you, you got to definitely stay on offense because, um, you know, number one, like I just told you before we jumped on here, like we have a responsibility to keep these people focused too, right? Our customers, because they're going through the same hysteria. And as in my world, dealing with property facility managers, they're dealing with disinfecting buildings and you know, uh, in, in retail stores, I went to Costco the other day and there's, they got five people out front wiping down all the carts. So somebody has to organize all of that. And so we are, in a lot of ways, we're expected to be that calming, you know, voice of reason, if you will, to keep them moving the train down the tracks. Because in the commercial world, there's people that if they don't spend that money, man, it could be pulled from them. Yeah. And so they might want to spend it, but if you don't call and remind them, they might have, you know, seven other people calling them and that's who gets their attention. That's true. Yeah. I think, um, you know, in that realm where if they have that money and they need to spend it, they don't spend it. That's going to be one of the best things is just getting in touch with them. But the main thing is doing work and you might, you're going to have to maybe do more work, but if you want to work at all, you're going to have to do more work in the office for sure and on the phone and everything else under the sun. So let's sneak into the next one, man. This one I, I like it's team up with other contractors. So that's going to probably ring in a little bit more with smaller contractors like myself, because if you can work with the guys that are doing base work at a house or guys that are building the house, or if you have guys that are putting roof on the house, but they know you or, or a plumber or electrician, I have an electrician that gets me work. And it's crazy to even think about because we're in two completely different fields. But if he's someplace and he realizes they need it or they mention it, my name comes out of his mouth, vice versa too, the same way. So make some connections. I'm always big about networking. You guys know that. But if, if, even if you just call them or email them or whatever and say, Hey, if you throw me a bone, I'll throw you a bone. Let's help each other out through this storm. Um, small scale, that's what I think I can do. Brian, what do you think? I, I, I think it's no different, man. I think that, you know, uh, one of the misconceptions of our industry, I believe, and one of the things that, you know, I think that we are all trying to overcome is that we are always better to better shoulder to shoulder than we are horn to horn, right? Like, in, and when you can create alliances, um, that is, that's how we function completely at the pavement group, pretty much, right? Like, we've got we do, we do some stuff in-house, but everything that we do requires partnerships and, 
in aligning with other contractors. And so um, with that said, it's, it's more important than ever to have those alliances because those people are going to help you. You're always going to go further together than you are alone, right? It, right. Uh, the old quote, I think it's an African proverb. It says, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And, uh, you know, that is, it, it's a critical thing that if we don't get it right in our industry, uh, you fracture that whole thing. And uh, the customers suffer from that too, right? Because we're not as good of a company if we don't have those alliances and, and work together uh, to make us all more successful. Most definitely. All right. This one, I didn't even like to write down because I know you're going to be like, oh, this, you hate even the, the thought of having to do this, but I'll give an example. So it's this number, this is number seven, by the way, it's streamline or cut overhead where possible. So for me, last night, we're getting some trees removed um, on one of our properties and we have probably 15 trees to go, but I really only need three of those suckers out of the way and one stump out of the way. So the contractor asked me to mark these trees so that they knew which ones I wanted. And I'm pretty famous, I guess, for if I go, I go all the way, take them all, you know, do everything. And, and I spare no expense when, when I want something one way. But for the first time in a lot of years last night, I, I, I was like, all right, we can afford these three. We're going to need these three. Let's not do everything else. I'd much rather take our funds and put it more towards marketing or towards our payroll or whatever. So I hate that. I, I hate even the thought of it. I hate even having to say it or even writing it down because for me, it feels like taking my foot off the gas, but then I realize it's not, it's being tactical and we want to survive by being tactical. So that's one of mine for our small companies. That's stuff we can do. Bigger companies, I have no idea how much this entails. Brian, you want to hit on that for me? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just looking at every decision through through the right lens. And what you're saying is like, you know, you, you could look at it and say, man, I feel like I'm taking my foot off the gas. Or you could look at it and say, I'm giving myself the ability to put my foot on the gas in the right place. Um, as opposed to, you know, there's lots of things when when everything's going well, there's lots of things that we don't pay attention to, right? Uh, we'd love to be able to say we pay attention to everything, but the, the harsh reality is we don't have enough time to keep our eye on every single ball that we've got in the air. Right. But when it comes down to this, man, you know, we, we will evaluate everything from, you know, traveling to this to, you know, how do, we, how do we make all of these decisions? So, you know, we've got customers all over the country and, you know, that will dictate how we handle certain things, right? You know, it, it would be easy to quickly just jump on an airplane and go somewhere uh, with travel restrictions, with all of these things going on. You have to evaluate all that stuff on a case-by-case -case basis. And that's, that's what, you know, we're expected to do as, as business leaders or as participants in the business is to uh, be aware of the surroundings, man. And there's, there's no shame in evaluating uh, all of those scenarios. And, and I would applaud you, dude, for making that decision because it's easy to say, just go do it, yeah. right? And then, and then a month down the road, you're like, man, I wish I had that thousand bucks to, you know, buy this extra piece of equipment that I need to do a service that I wasn't expecting to do, but now I, you know, may want to do it. These, all of these little decisions, uh, make an, they can make an enormous impact in your business uh, over a period of time. So I think it's important again, not, you don't pull the emergency brake on things in your business, 
Right. It's not about just, you know, stopping everything and freezing from fear, but it's about just, you know, consciously evaluating all those things item by item and saying, you know, do I really need this or can I, can I postpone it? Can we wait until um, we figure out what's going on here? Yeah. I think it's similar to uh, making substitutions, man, in a football game or any, any sports game, dude, like you might be out by a lot of points early on, but if you want to make it all the way to the end, we're going to have to make some substitutions. And I think that's kind of your priorities with your spending. Maybe might might have to be that thing, which leads me into the next one, man. They're, they're going good. They're segueing. Everything's saying segueing good here. So number eight, develop more cost-friendly marketing. And I know we kind of hit on social media. I have a feeling that's kind of the same thing uh, as, as we're looking here. I'm a huge fan of Facebook ads. To me, there is no value better for your dollar than properly targeted Facebook ads. That's what we use. We don't even have to use very many now because of the organic reach of Wiscoke through social media. But if you're spending, I got a price for billboards the other day. Somebody called me randomly. Six months of a billboard where we're at locally is 2,200 bucks. Do what I could do with 2,200 bucks on Facebook ads. You don't, you don't even want to know. It, it'd be people would be so pissed about all the Wisco stuff that would be in their face probably. So I think, um, I think that's a good thing is develop more cost-friendly marketing for us, small contractors, maybe ease up on the half a page ad in your local newspaper. If you're still advertising that way, slip to a quarter, get some high school kid to figure out how to make you a Facebook ad if you haven't yet and get that touch in another way for some of these smaller contractors for larger contractors. I know they have some big marketing budgets. So Brian, you want to touch on that one? Yeah, I would tell you this, man, in, in these times, and I would say regardless of the times, the number one uh, simple best marketing that, advice that I would give you is two things. Uh, number one, everybody obviously needs a digital footprint. So your website, social media pages, things like that. But when it comes down to it, man, when, when we are up against it at the Pavement Group, the number one thing that I do, brother, is right here. This is the best marketing that you can have. And it is pick up the telephone. And it doesn't matter how inexperienced or experienced that you are. Um, cold calling and introducing yourself and your company to new people uh, is the single most effective and trackable way uh, to do marketing, right? It's if you are outbound marketing, people think that when you're cold calling that you are supposed to be closing deals. And what I always tell people is this, man, your goal when you are cold calling people who are uh, new to your company is to introduce yourself and your company to someone who doesn't currently know you today. And uh, as you do that, you know, you can really create a lot of momentum for yourself. And that is the most old school marketing there is, man. You know, not to say that, you know, obviously Facebook ads and things like that, but I would take it a step further, man, and, and start with those things that are, you know, the lowest cost that you can. So, e you know, email marketing, uh, you can use like a MailChimp or something, something along those lines. Yep, yep. Email marketing, if you got lists uh, or, or previous customers like you're talking about, um, I would start there. And then I would literally, man, if, if you're calling commercial businesses, that's where I would go. I would go to the cold calling method. Uh, also outbound on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, anything. Just, just outbound marketing, trying to connect with people that you don't currently have as customers today. Or, or connecting with your customers that you do have on a deeper level, like you're saying, you know. Yeah. So one thing we did today, I know you mentioned email is I drafted an email for 
you know, talking about how we would still have business as usual during COVID-19. And that's going to, going to go out if necessary. We still have a month here before we really get rolling. But if necessary, that could, that's going to go out through an email blast, which is another touch, a form of them seeing us. It's going to have all of our letterheads letting them know that we can perform whatever we do and, cl and close the deal and finish everything off without ever seeing anybody if that's what they require, you know. And we want to be fully aware and let them know that we're fully aware that we can do whatever they need to do. We can perform what we do as work. And if it comes to where people are freaking out because they don't want to see people or be by people or whatever, we can still do what we can do. And I don't think it's going to get to that realm. I think we'll give it a couple of weeks here and, and I have a yeah. feeling we're all going to feel maybe pretty foolish for all this stuff. But during, during this, I have a feeling, um, you know, we're going to evolve with some practices that maybe we haven't brushed up on in a while. Maybe some guys have never had to use before that are really going to prepare them for the future in a long business, hopefully. So, uh, one thing Todd, Todd Gurrell just added in there, which is a great point, uh, and referrals, like personal introductions oh, from, from yeah. one customer to another. Uh, you know, if you guys, in your case, maybe, you know, somebody that's in a neighborhood or a board member from an HOA that could like literally introduce you to the entire neighborhood to do it. Um, those, those, are, those are great guerrilla marketing ways to, to go about it. So the, the number nine that I had was uh, similar to what we've been talking about. Eliminate advertising that isn't working. So that goes along with streamlining, uh, using friendly marketing, you know, cost-friendly marketing that isn't going to cost us anything. I used to do radio ads, man, and radio died. And so hence is why we have the podcast maybe. But when, when we have one radio station around here that I do advertise on, and it works out great for us because my customers listen to it and it works out great. But I think eliminating advertising that isn't working especially for us, smaller contractors, some of that stuff, you know, you're putting all your money into that, that magazine ad or whether it is a billboard ad or wherever, I think eliminating that and opening your eyes to look at other stuff, maybe might be a smart move. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but that's I would, I would just add uh, the first place that I would look to eliminate are the ones that you can't prove. Yeah. Something you know, like it's very difficult to prove, you know, newspaper ads or, you know, in your, like, I don't know if you had a special number set up for radio ads, maybe it's trackable, but a lot of that stuff, you know, like you're saying Facebook ads versus a billboard, like you're going to know how many people saw your Facebook ad and right. how many conversions or links you got from it uh, versus those other things. Uh, that would be the first place I would, I would look is to go to the things that I can prove if they're working or not. Right. Cause if they're working, even in the downtimes, you want to keep feeding money into them. Uh, but if they're not working or you don't know if they're working, then uh, that's a whole different, whole different story. Most definitely. So let's round it all together, man. And you kind of hinted to it early on, which is why I had to make sure you didn't keep talking because you're going to ruin this book. So uh, number 10 is prioritize and act. So you said you got to keep taking action. And I kind of really hint towards prioritize for us, for us smaller contractors, guys, um, and, and not even just contractors in our realm. This could be contractors wherever, businesses wherever. Make sure you just prioritize what you do, what your goals are. Make sure they fit in even during this time of, you know, uncertainty, I guess we could say. It's just make sure your priorities are right. Make sure you do your bread and butter stuff that has kept you afloat and kept you moving and kept you going. And then act. Like Brian said, you got to take action, man. I, that's our big thing here. I, I couldn't imagine myself freezing up 
not this time of year, not spring, not when we're all ready to go. And I can't imagine it changing the way that I run my business or how hard I want to kill it this year by this kind of stuff, you know? So prioritize and act. That's number 10, Brian. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, on the, on the, no matter what size company you are, uh, you know, as, as a leader or as a person within your business, remember that there's a lot of people that have different emotions and feelings attached to these types of events. And uh, what I always say is like, you know, we don't realize that sometimes these people who are around us in our businesses, our employees, uh, maybe even our customers, you know, we might be the only person that day that has uh, a positive interaction with that person. And so people are really looking to you as a leader or as a coworker. They're looking to you and they're going to they're gonna be impacted by that emotion that you have. And so, you know, maintaining that discipline of your morning routine into your day, everything that you're doing, it should not change because of what's going on out there in the world. And if you don't track your activity today or you haven't had to because times were good, uh, the most important thing that I always go back to when times get tough, whether it's, you know, maybe we're having a bad month in sales, maybe we're you know, just kind of not feeling it, we don't have that normal rhythm that we have, is I go back to what I know, which is, you know, if I make 75 outbound contacts per day, I'm going to generate enough activity through those contacts for that to end up in a good spot for us to have enough opportunity that turns into proposals, proposals that turn into jobs. And it all starts with just that simple discipline. And so it's, it's activity and action that's gonna keep everybody calm too, right? Like if you sit around and think about everything that's going on in the world, your mind's gonna to go to all kinds of places. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you keep yourself busy and disciplined, you know, I always say white space on your calendar, man, is the devil's time. Yes. <laughs> it will get in your brain, man, and, and you will think the craziest shit that has nothing to do with anything because you're giving yourself too much time. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of it, man, it's like, it is our responsibility to all of the people that are on our teams and their families uh, and our customers and their families to keep it as normal as possible. And so that starts with starts and ends with activity, in my opinion. I think so, too. I think, uh, you know, if by chances you do get jobs that are suspended or you do get estimates that are suspended or whatever, that white space is going to be filled with you doing one of these 10 things, if not all these 10 things. So it's not like you're not going to be working as much. You're just going to be working a hell of a lot more maybe on the, on the front end versus doing the labor, getting the guys out there doing all that, but you have to fill that space with time. So prioritize and act. That's it, man. That's the 10. So now we're going to have to uh, get out there and do it. I hope it was informative everybody. Brian, thank you so much for joining me for this. I'm glad we could get Pleasure, some insight. Two different things. Um, if if people want to check out or or mess around and, and message you and and add more calls and more uh, tediousness to you, which I know you never care, you always give out your All number. Good man, yeah. So, um, I'm sure they can find you. Click message Brian, whatever you got to do, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Yep. Uh, Instagram is real Brian Hess, R E A L Brian with an I. Uh, and then, you know, you can, you can contact us at the payment group or top contractor school and everybody, you know, not just me, but all, our whole team and everybody that we associate with, we're all happy to help. And, you know, I think the biggest thing during these times is to, to make sure that nobody out there feels alone. You know, yeah. when you're, when you're going through this stuff as a business owner, uh, it can have its days, right? Our business has its days, 
in normal times. And so, you know, I think it's important for everybody out there to know that it's, it's not, you know, you're not alone, whether you call Marvin or you call reach out to me or you reach out to somebody else that's on this stream, whatever it is, uh, don't, don't just stand there wondering what to do. There are people out there that are happy to help. Um, and I think that's going to be a critical piece of everybody getting through whatever it is, whether it's the next week or the next month or whatever it may be. Yeah, I agree with that. And if, if anyone out there wants that email up together and you want to swap your name with my name, that's very well. We go ahead and get a hold of me, man. So, all right, mm -hmm. that's it. Thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate it, brother. Until next time. All right. Thanks, thanks man. everybody. We'll see you guys.